long story short, Lisa, my wife, has been uh, traveling uh, kind of the second half of this week, so for the past few days before recording this, and I'm doing the thing where I'm just kind of sitting around at home not knowing what to do with myself, and I've run out of things to watch on the internet, so I finally started watching uh, Rick and Morty, which oh. I know you recommended to me. You, 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 you had showed me, the last time I was up there visiting you, you had showed me a few episodes that were fun. Um, and I like Lower Decks, which is um, one of those. I can never remember which one. Um, is it Dan Harmon that does Lower Decks? So uh, Harmon works on Rick and Morty, but not the two shows. So then, um, uh, well, Roiland does Solar Opposites, but then um, Mike McMahon, which who was a Rick and Morty and I think Solar Opposites writer, does uh, does Lower oh, Decks. Is that what so he's it not is? like okay. one of the he's not one of the two so big it's not people, like the but big guys. okay. Um, but yeah, and so so I was like, I should. I should finally like start watching this on Hulu. Um, but what made me th- think about this is like a day or two before, I guess probably the day before I watched uh, this episode, I had seen the one where um, they're like trapped in a simulation by these aliens that are trying to like steal a formula yeah. from Rick. And then Morty's dad, uh, like Chris Parnell is also trapped in a simulation, but they're like, Oh, well he's really dumb. So we'll just dedicate like as little processing power as possible to his yeah, simulation. That episode has one of my favorite uh, Jerry things with just um, now playing human music. Right. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> and he's like, this this human music's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that for for some reason, like there were parts of this episode that kind of made me think about that. Like I think particularly sure. what made me think about it was when. Um, Chakotay's like trying to do CPR on Janeway and literally yells, don't you die on me now, breathe, damn it, breathe, mm-hmm. which is, I feel like the kind of thing that you would like, like if you forgot to write dialogue for that scene and then like had to do it suddenly, like it's kind of the most like cliched thing, but I wonder like, I think, I feel like the thing with these episodes where it all is either like a simulation or in somebody's subconscious or that is that you can just always have the excuse of like, well, it's really just that this alien is, is not a very creative writer. Not necessarily yeah. that we didn't write a good episode. There are some actually some, some episodes where I think they do that and it, they actually, it actually works. Like the the oft cited by me and I don't think particularly loved by anyone else really but the the episode the royale from season two of TNG is like that where basically like these aliens have have created this simulation for this guy that's based on like a book that he brought on the spaceship that he was on when they abducted him oh, okay. and then like the joke is that it's like kind of a bad book <laughs> like oh, yeah. and, and so it's like very like cliche and everything's just like really broad and stuff but i think it actually works pretty well on that but yeah i agree yeah. there's there's definitely a fine line i think you can like maybe we could just say that whatever that enterprise episode was like really it's just that sato's subconscious is not a very good writer yeah yeah I mean, I said I sometimes write down my dreams if if they're like very vivid, I'll write them down because I just want to be like, because usually because I, I want to like look at them the next morning when I'm awake and then I'm like, was that anything? And it's almost uh-huh. always no. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, seem, so. it always seems like a like fascinating like story idea at the time, and then on reflection, yeah. you're just like that. No. Yep. 
yeah, maybe uh, maybe she had seen Return of the Jedi recently, and that's why the uh, those two aliens in the, her in her dream sounded like they were <laughs> they were speaking Hattese. That's yeah. probably it. Yeah, movie night. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about Coda, which is uh, Season 3, Episode 15 of uh, Voyager. It is written by Jerry Taylor and directed by Nancy Malone. Uh, The Memory Alpha synopsis is, After her apparent death, Captain Janeway's journey to the afterlife, guided by her father leaves her with suspicions. This is an interesting synopsis because only like the second half of the episode is kind of about that. Because the first half of the episode... Yeah, this is a thing I had about this episode. Which is that when her dad comes on screen, like then your interest level drops immediately. Because that's, that's what happened to me. Is that that's, Yeah, well, for me it was more that like the first and second half of the episode are different episodes episode like it, they just kind of changed what was happening in a way that made the first half stop making sense well it made the first half like irrelevant like you could have you could have literally not had the first half happen at all yeah because like the first half there's all this interesting like like are they in a time loop or are they trapped by someone and then suddenly it's like no you're dead and it's just like well wh- then why was there a time loop for a while there Right and like, why wasn't her dad in those if he was trying? To, I don't know. I guess we'll. I'll, I'll, I can go through the plot and then maybe you can try to make it make sense to me. After yeah, no, but. I, I do, I do agree with you though. Like, I've been dreading watching this episode because I watched it last year actually, I think, or maybe earlier this year, and kind of hated it. And watching it again, I was like, oh, like this is kind of interesting at the beginning. And but then like, when her dad comes on, I'm like, oh, like I think that's why I didn't like it is because why did you have an interesting episode and then you're just like halfway through like well i'm gonna ignore this episode now and then do something else that's boring you know yeah it it felt very kind of yeah i mean i i think we can now definitively say that this is neither the best nor the worst star trek episode about somebody thinking that they're dead well the ho she she doesn't think I she's she, dead though yeah. like everybody else she thinks that other people think that she's dead like that's true <laughs> she thinks she's alive but but i certainly i will agree with you that it's certainly this is episode is better than that and that they are both about like a person walking around on a on a ship being like nobody can see me yeah you know? <laughs> um and again and like both like kind of essentially what if we tried to do that episode with Jordy and Roe again but worse vanishing point is the name of that episode yeah which actually came out on the day we're recording this uh on our feed so oh but right. yeah yeah uh so you can go back uh two months and listen to that one if you want to where we really talk about a really bad episode yeah, this episode you, you, is just kind of really like don't have to, though. <laughs> well i think it's a pretty good podcast episode but uh even though the yeah that's the, that's fair that the episode of television is bad but um this episode is is not like horrible it's just kind of like annoying to me and the second half is boring uh-huh. yeah but it doesn't end with her being like you just were dreaming or it was a ghost or something like like two two outcomes that would have been worse than what they actually did so yeah, that's true. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, go go ahead and go ahead and take us up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um so basically the the episode starts out with Janeway and Chicote that are flying a shuttle down to a planet in kind of the I wonder do you think 
I, I guess pro technically the original series does. I was going to ask, like, is Voyager the most egregious at having missions where it's like just like the two people at the very top of the chain of command on the same mission? Where yeah, you have like the captain and the first officer, so if anything happens, you've just lost them both at once. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Picard doesn't do it very often. Yeah, because that was, I think, the whole thing with The Next Generation, is they were just like, like, Picard is the one who will, like, stay on the ship and be the captain, and then Riker is the kind of man of action that'll go have all the adventures. Yeah, and Cisco just doesn't go out very much, just based on the nature of, like, that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like, um, uh, Archer's getting up to a lot of stuff, but, uh, you know, I don't have yeah, as big of an example size to pull from there. Um, but anyways, yeah, so, so... Janeway and Chakotay are out on this this shuttle that gets caught in some sort of atmospheric storm and gets like hit by by some like energy pulse. Like they think it got hit by lightning or something like that. And the shuttle crashes and um Chakotay kind of basically like drags Janeway's body away from the wreckage and she's like dying slash dead. And so he starts doing CPR and then is able to bring her back and kind of you know revive her um which <laughs> this part made me laugh because she immediately goes like she just kind of like pops up and then like within seconds is sort of up on her feet and running around yeah um <laughs> which is not i was thinking about that too not how dying works um but again i guess this part doesn't actually happen it's not the writer's fault it really is that like to, to think about it it just really is mystifying like why they spend so much time doing this because like you'd almost think like even if they wanted to keep the time loop element like why not just have her die and then have it start over but then like they no they have her die because she comes back to life and then yeah, and this is why this episode gets so confusing for me because she you know she's dying he's trying to save her and then he succeeds in saving her and they kind of figure out that the shuttle was actually shot down by the vidians and the Vidians, just for like people who don't remember who they are, are like they're an alien race. So they they run into a bit in the beginning of Voyager, who have like this weird disease called the Phage. We actually talked about, I believe, the episode Phage on the podcast. Yeah, I think we had like the first episode that they were on, right? Where they like steal Neelix's lungs. Yes, um, and he has gets hollow lungs. Yes, <laughs> which is totally a thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, and so they start like trying to escape from them, and the Vidians catch them, and then one of the Vidians like catches Janeway and chokes her, and she like dies essentially, or like is about to die, and then kind of flashes back, and she's back in the shuttle again, I think. Right? I, I forget. So they go through like a few different kind of time loop. Yeah. So the Vidian kills her. They end up back in the shuttle, and both Janeway and Chakotay like immediately kind of remember and know that they're like they figure out that they're in a time loop because they remember mm -hmm. crashing and dying and so i forget if one other thing happens first or they, they essentially like turn the shuttle around and get back to to voyager there may be another time loop where like the shuttle explodes or they crash again i think they get back to voyager in the second one they blow up and then they and then do they blow up one time okay they blow up once yeah and then they're back in the shuttle again yeah and then they, and then they get back. then they get back to voyager and then, like, they're on the bridge, and Janeway is, like, ordering everyone to do, like, temporal scans and figure out what's going on with this time loop. And everyone's looking at her like she's crazy, because no one else remembers the time loop, even Chakotay. Chakotay's just like, well, we were in the shuttle, and then it was stormy, so we came back. Um, and so she goes down 
to, which again, like at this point, you like think that this is what the episode's going to be about. Yeah. Right. Cause Star Trek has done that sort of thing where like there's a time loop or like only one person knows that something's going on. And like, they keep having to like go back to the beginning again and like figure out how to fix, like you think it's going to be a time loop episode. Mm-hmm. And she goes to sick bay to get checked out, and the doctor tells her like, "Oh, we just found out you contracted the phage, which is the like disease that the Vidians have, and you're gonna die this horrible, painful death, and so the merciful thing for me to do is just like euthanize you right now, and <laughs> yeah. so he like gasses sick bay. I was watching this episode with my kids, and they were like what is he doing? Like, cause the, you know, they, they haven't, they've yeah. seen enough to know that like, that seems like a dumb, like a bad thing for him to do, but they haven't seen enough to know that like, clearly it's such a bad thing for him to do that. Like this can't be real. He wouldn't ever do it. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> so they're, they're very confused by this. Yeah. The one thing in this scene is she tells the computer to delete the emergency medical hologram. <laughs> yeah. When like, she thinks he's about to die, which I, I thought seemed like, I realized that, like, you're about to die, but s- still seemed kind of extreme. Like, you wouldn't just, like, turn it off. You're just, like, delete, like, completely delete the entire program. <laughs> this this scene is so goofy, too, because, like, she does, she does to delete it, and then she also, like, Major Barrett's, like, you need an access code or whatever. And then she's, like, she just says, like... I'm the captain, delete it. <laughs> like, yeah. so, like, we're just like, oh, yeah, that'll work. And then, but also, like, then the doctor is, like, talking about, like, how it's just, like, a harmless neurotoxin, and, like, you won't feel anything. And then it seems like she is having a pretty bad time of it, because she's just, like, she's, like, gasping. Yeah, she and, seems and, like, like she's, like, suffocating or something. Yeah, like, and it's like, I thought this was just supposed to be, like, painless, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, so essentially she, like, dies again, and then ends up... And then she ends up back on the planet again? I think so, yeah. Briefly. Yeah. But essentially she ends up outside of her body, like, watching Chakotay. I think think that's the next thing she ends up. She ends up... Yeah, she watches him, yeah, and then she gets taken back to the ship. Her dead body gets taken back to the ship. Yeah. So Chakotay, like, is back to trying to do CPR again, and it's not working, and, like, she dies... And they beam her back up to the ship, and there's nothing the doctor can do. Um, and they kind of declare her dead. But she's sort of standing outside of herself, like, watching this whole thing happen. And, you know, is trying to communicate to anyone and can't. And she uh, then tries to, because Kess has sort of ill-defined telepathic powers, she tries to talk to Kess and like tell her that she's still there and communicate with her. And Kess kind of briefly senses her and then isn't able to kind of finally connect with her. Like her and Tuvok sort of will do this kind of meditation and try to focus and can't sense her anymore, even though she's sitting right there kind of watching and trying to get her to, to sense her. This also like annoyed me a little bit because it's like, the reason why Kess um, senses her is because Janeway tries to, like, step in front of her and then Kess walks through her. Yeah. I, I did think that, like, why don't you just go inside her again? I know. Like, like, like there's there's multiple other times where it's just, like, why don't you just, like, stick your hand in her head or something? Like, and they just never, and she never tries that again. Yeah. Um, One thing I will say for that part is I thought they did a really good, like, I thought there was a really nice visual effect when... Right before, like, when she walks through Kess, 
like everyone's leaving sickbay and she kind of follows them and she walks through the door as it's closing yeah i don't know if you noticed this but like the door's like sliding shut and like she kind of yeah it closes like through her butt yeah and so she like does the like phasing through it thing but like as it's still like moving and closing yeah i always like stuff like that which is like again like not to be unfair to enterprise and its effects but like it does feel like it was a better effect than anything they did in that episode. Because, like, that episode, they had yeah. a thing where, like, she was, like, pounding on the door because she couldn't get out. Or then she was, like, stepping over doorways or stuff like that. And, like, this was just, like, such a neat little... And, again, like, I don't think, like, difficult to do effects-wise. Mm-hmm. But still, like, I thought, like, looked really cool to have it, like, still be moving and then have her phase through it. Yeah, they've done a couple of things like that on this show. Like, um, do you remember the episode where... The, I think it's worst case scenario, like the 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 kind of like the Blackguard's Revenge episode. Oh we, yeah, yeah, where like Seska, like a hologram of Seska takes over the ship. Yeah, but there's that scene where one of them tries to like punch the Doctor in the face, and then like he like phases, he like he like becomes intangible, and they punch like through his head. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it made me think of that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so she essentially kind of is trying to communicate with everyone on the ship. And then, I think, is it before her funeral that her dad shows up? When does her dad show up? Before her funeral, okay. yeah. It's while they're still trying to figure out if, if like, Kess actually did hear her or, like, feel uh, her. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so kind of this, like, portal of light opens up and Janeway's dad steps through wearing... Again, I think it's always a nice touch when they do this that he's wearing, like, sort of era appropriate uniform um like he's got like the dress uniform from i think probably like next generation era mm. uh yeah yeah on. i didn't think about that but but yeah and so then he like explains to her you're dead and like because it was unexpected your spirit is sort of like still hanging around and you just have to give up and let go and pass on to the afterlife and talks about how like when he died, he did the same thing because he like wanted to be there and help his family and eventually passed on. And so now he's like come back to try to help her do the same thing. <laughs> this is one of the things I was unclear on, but also I was like, I don't care. But like, did he move on or not? Like, or did, like, cause he's there now. You know what I mean? Like he, he's like, well, the heaven, did he come back? Like, I think he says he- that he did move on and then like, came back specifically just like to help her because he didn't want her to have to like go through the same kind of struggle that he did of of hanging around for so long because he he like describe i mean i guess he's making all this up but he like describes what the afterlife's like right he's just like yeah it's it's nice yeah (laughs) you can do whatever you want yeah (sighs) this okay this this is just where it all goes wrong because like then the show stops being about the time loop. It's like, what was the time loop? Who cares? We're not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah, and so this is the this is because the thing is like, well, if she was like dead the whole time, then what was all of that time loop stuff? Like, they never talk about it again. Yeah, was I, and that's what I was trying to like at the end of the show. I was like, but wait, what was the whole first half of the episode then? Yeah, and the, the only thing I could come up with was that like because they make some comment at the very end where like or like I think he says it or she does. We're like. He, he kept, like, trying to... Well, I guess, to spoil the ending, like, it turns out that this 
thing is like is not actually her dad it's just some being that essentially like takes people's spirits as they're dying and feeds on them. them yeah and so it but like they have to for some reason it can't take them they have to like voluntarily enter its domain or whatever right and so it has to like convince them that like oh yes you have to like follow me to the afterlife and then it can eat them um and so like it says something along the lines of like you kept like almost dying and like you kept not actually giving up and so like i had to show up in person to make you do it so i guess all those other things were like it was kept trying to like convince her that she was dying but it seems like it was pretty effective well the, the but the one time where that kind of makes sense is in one of the one of the loops there's a big light in space like there is like he keeps trying to get her to go to on the ship and, and Chakotay is like maybe you should go on into the light this time and she's like no that's stupid i'm not going to do that i'm going to go somewhere else but then like but then like there's not another time it's not like there's not like a light that she could have gone into when she got choked up by the vidian you know so it doesn't yeah it doesn't make sense but also like it's just unfortunately just like i think it's just a bad premise because it's like we know that he's not a ghost because we're watching a Star Trek show. And <laughs> right. so like, as soon as he's like, yeah, there is, a there, ghost. I feel like there's never not really too much of a point where just like, Oh yeah, they're just going to, I mean, I guess Star Trek has done stuff kind of like this before, but it's never good. But where they're just like, Oh yeah, the afterlife and ghosts are totally real. And like, that's how it works. Yeah. And like, I actually just watched a Voyager episode kind of not that long ago. That was sort of about this, which is, it's about, uh, Balana has a near-death experience where she thinks she goes to Klingon Hell. Oh, the, like, Barge of the Dead one? Yeah. And Kim did not like that episode. I actually thought that episode was okay, but, like, that episode, it was kind of about... It was sort of like when we talked about what, during Management Point, like, the, the Ensign Row Jordy thinking they're dead episode, where, like, that's kind of about, like, the religious implications of, like, Balana being like, oh, maybe... Klingon hell is real, like, like and it's and it kind of like once it's not about that, it becomes less interesting. But the beginning of it, where it's like her kind of her being like, "Well, I had a near death experience that was like this," like yeah, and I had never really believed this stuff before. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's interesting. And then, but like this isn't about this isn't really her being like, "Oh, what if ghosts are real?" Like, because she's at first she's kind of like, "You're not real," and then and then she's like, "I guess you are real." Yeah, I feel like she never really, like, questions that part of it. Yeah, she's just like, you're not really my dad. Like, she just, like, what's the answer to a question only my dad would know? Right, right, but then, like, later on, she is like, she is like, well, I guess you are my dad. But, like, there's no, like, grappling with it. It's like, either, like, it, she just goes from, like, you aren't to you are, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It just was, like, it's just not interesting. It's just, like, we know, like, we know he he's not a ghost. Like, that's... Don't spend like twenty minutes of your episode being like maybe he's a ghost. It's like we know he's not. Shut up. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know, like this is either like she's imagining this or it's like a simulation, right? Like someone else is yeah. projecting it. But it's like they don't even really do anything though. To like, you can't like solve it. It's not like that one episode of like of like TNG where Riker is in a simulation and you're like trying to figure out. You're trying to like. It's just kind of yeah. like. He's just there, and he's like, "You should do this or that, and and you should leave." And then they watch a funeral for her, and and then it just at the end, it's like, and it was this, and it was an alien, and it's like, okay, cool, like that's I don't know, it's just not yeah. not interesting. Uh, 
Sorry, I, I feel like I hamstrung the rest of the synopsis, but there's there's not like a lot left. It's just kind of like he yeah, tries the to get whole her to second leave. half of the episode, any sort of story kind of grinds to a halt because then it's just like her going around the ship, people being sad she's dead, and like him just kind of repeatedly telling her he's just sort of like following her around, kind of like telling her to like give up and go to the afterlife. Um, and then, like, nothing really happens until the scene where she kind of figures it out. Which I thought was, like, I thought that scene was pretty well done. Um, yeah. Where she's kind of, it's just sort of, like, kind of satisfying to watch her, like, figure it out and tell him to go away. Maybe just because it meant the episode was over. But... But she, but she says to go back to hell, which I was that, like... Oh. That part was a little... I don't think he. I don't think he's from hell. Like, no. I think that. Uh, yeah, like, I was like, are they trying to do the whole like, oh, this is the actual devil? Well, because at the end, then she's like, do you think that all near-death experiences have actually been aliens that <laughs> like are trying to eat people? And then they're like, no, probably not. Okay. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> like, let's he go probably on just there. lives in like this part of space. Yeah. Um, Dumb. Yeah. The one part I liked about that. Well, like I said, I I enjoyed kind of her figuring it out when she's like. If you said, I'm going to figure it out eventually, then why are you so... Like, she basically just starts questioning, like, why are you so pushy about this? Yeah. It's literally eternity, and then clearly you can't force me to do it, so why are you trying to make me do it anyways? But I did, like, kind of after she does figure it out, that kind of right before he disappears, he basically says, like... I don't know, I always like that sort of sinister ending of, like, that the bad guy's still out there and, like, you can't hide he's basically like you're gonna die someday and like i'll be here waiting for you which i thought was like a nice little like sinister potentially sinister note to end it on except then it just kind of kept going because then she says go back to hell and then they kind of like unpack it for like several scenes back on the ship yeah um because essentially all of this is taking place while she's still she's still on the planet and like they're still trying to save her so like Chakotay was d- trying to save her, and then the doctor beamed down and is, and Tuvok's there and too. And Tuvok, isn't he? yeah, and like they know that there's some sort of alien inside her head, or like some other consciousness in there, and so they they keep telling her like you know keep fighting it, don't let it take over, and like they're trying to do stuff from their end, and so they end up like saving her life and getting her back to the ship, and then she has to like recover in sick bay. And then has a few more conversations with people about how, like, kind of that was really scary. And Yeah. This is also, I feel like, a, and I'm sure this is the kind of thing that, like, different writers kind of decided whether they wanted to do or not. But there was definitely, I feel like, a while on Voyager where they were, like, toying with the idea of, like, there being something between Janeway and Chakotay. Did you get that at all from this one? <laughs> Well, yeah, I actually I kind of wanted to talk about that because I think that's a little bit of the case in this. There's there's some episodes that are way way more than this. Um, yeah, like, like there's there's one episode in particular where like they both where they almost have sex because they're both they've both been stranded uh, on a place like with a disease. Yeah, they spend like three years on a planet like building a life together or something. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think those two actually have really good chemistry, uh, and I kind of am sad that they never did end up connecting. And I almost kind of wonder if they will in Prodigy eventually, because they're both on it in, I mean, like I I think Robert Beltran is in like two seconds of of one episode, but like, but I, you know, I think in theory is set up to be on more of the show. Uh, Although I haven't watched like the last two episodes of the, of those first 10. So maybe, maybe he dies or something. I don't know. But like, 
it's dumb that they, I mean like, clearly like even the writers now are like it's stupid that they, that we had him like hook up with seven. <laughs> seven in like the last two episodes of the show or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it does seem a kind of a shame because I think that they have good chemistry and but it, it made me think about like I mean I guess though Janeway has that like boyfriend back home that's mentioned in the pilot. Eric or Steve or whatever. Yeah, but like, but you know, then she deletes the wife. You know, like it's not like she's. <laughs> it's fair. She's not hanging on for, uh, for him a, 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 after a certain point. Um, I actually don't think we've gotten to delete, delete the wife yet in our in our watch through. That's actually oh, pretty yeah. late that that happens. I think. So, uh, well, this is the other thing I was gonna say is that like it did it was it, watching it it did make me think about a Voyager phenomenon that I've been kind of thinking about as I've been watching the show as a whole. Um, so this this episode, like, it's season three. I was also kind of, was kind of funny where, like, when she was talking to her dad about how, how she still wants to, like, watch things happen on the ship after she's dead. And she says, like, I want to see, like, Kess continue to grow and develop. And I was like, for ten more episodes, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But um, this episode, it really is, like, it's a look back. Even though it's mostly a Jamie episode, it really is a look back to, like, what the show started out as being. Which was like more of an ensemble show, and also like it, it gave like people these kind of like tender character moments, and like you got to see like Robert Beltran and and Kate Mulgrew like be friends, and 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 maybe maybe something more, you know, and and like I like that stuff. Yeah, and like they spend some time with like they have Bolana give like kind of a nice speech at her funeral about like sort of the journey that she's been on over this and like how it, yeah like how much of a part Janeway was in like helping her kind of become better like more okay with who she is and that yeah but that being said it is i think it's crazy to like think about that now and then compare that to in season 4 but really like 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 season 4 but then especially as it goes on like i'm in season 6 now uh, and like how the show really just does become about seven like it becomes yeah. seven becomes like the main character of the show and like the, the, then like the doctor becomes like the second lead because like he's seven's friend like obviously they still do have episodes about the other characters but like it's crazy like how many of the episodes are about seven or at least like seven has like an important b plot in a way that like I don't think any of the other characters get like that level of like consistent play that she does afterwards. And like, yeah, I, I have to imagine that that was like kind of in, infuriating to a degree maybe. And I think Mulgrew is like talking about this, not being infuriated, but just like, I, I have heard. Yeah. From either from Mulgrew, I think actually Jerry Ryan's talked about it too, about how, like how much that affected like their, like they would always like work very professionally together, but like, just didn't get along like i think mulger kind of held that against jerry ryan um was that up till that point like that it had been very much about her as like the first you know the first lady captain and the role she played on this crew but like the the other thing that i think is so fascinating is that you know i think we've we've given some we've given some flack to brandon braga like like, like you know brandon braga one of the co-writers of that awful vanishing point episode we talked about a couple months ago and just like has done a lot of other stupid stuff and and like e- even like his conception of of seven has famously he said in interviews basically like what if we had a borg but she was hot you know which is sure. so dumb that sounds pretty on on brand yeah but then like the thing i think the the thing that's crazy about it is that like 
it's better. It's a better show for being about seven. Like, like as much as like there are some like charms to, to that initial three seasons. Like, I do think this show is like much better television. And like part of that, I'm sure, is just like the writing. They've gotten better writing, but like, I do think that it's just like seven's such a good character. Jerry Ryan does such a good job, and also like the show never really figured out how to write for Janeway super well. Like, yeah. and that's not Kate Mulgrew's fault. I think Kate Mulgrew was really good, but it's just like, it's kind of crazy where it's like they did this thing that they, they should not have worked. That they probably like shouldn't have done if you're like going conventional wisdom, and like maybe even like they did it for a bad reason, and yet like against all odds, like it worked. Like like Seven is the best female character they've ever had on Star Trek, and like she's the best character on Voyager. And like she is the most interesting one. Like it's it's like kind of like bananas. Like that they did this thing that like they really shouldn't have done. And like I think it really like worked in like resulted in sort of the show being better. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, it is kind of unfortunate because like I really feel like I want like what the original idea of Voyager is to work and like i I do think there's a lot of charm to those early seasons and like i like oh yeah there's some good episodes and but yeah it's one of those that i like the i I like the idea of it a lot more than a lot of times i like the execution yeah absolutely um because yeah like i really want there to be a show about like it's not like the the flagship or like the best people in the fleet and like these are all kind of like flawed people that are in this impossible situation and also like it lets you kind of do the whole like exploring strange right we're like going you get to do stuff that you've never seen before at a point yeah. in star trek where you have kind of so well defined now what the like known galaxy is like yep which is you know like and then deep space nine let you kind of explore that more of like okay well let's get more into like the cardassians and the bajorans and like how do the romulans play into it and how do the klingons play into it and like kind of all these people that we've established by now um, kind of like more exploring them, but Voyager let you be like, okay, well, let's like make sort of a brand new alien race that's just like, you know, yeah. sometimes can be like one off for this episode. Even though they kind of like screw that up immediately by having like the the pilot start with that little Star Wars crawl of like, there's the Maquis and then the, the you know, like yeah, it's like you, you, there's so much inside baseball already like at play, you know? Yeah. But, and you can, I mean, and again, like, I think the execution of that also, like, largely kind of swung in all directions, right? Like, I don't know that anyone thinks the Kazon are, like, great, unique villains. No. Um, they're just kind of like, well, what if we tried, like, they're they're not the Klingons, we promise, but, yeah. <laughs> um. But but yeah, but again, like I really like that idea for a show, but I do agree that it just and again, like it could have been a lot of factors, but yeah, like so many of like the better episodes are the ones that are about seven. Yeah. Um And there I mean there are good episodes in the first few seasons. I'm not trying to say it's like horrible or anything like that, but I'm just like it is it is just kind of like I totally understand why anyone who had worked on the show originally would be upset about this happening, and yet like I just think it's undeniable that, like, it's a better... Yeah. It's just a better show. Uh, like, 
it not even doesn't really have anything to do with this episode, other than the just like I was watching and being like, oh yeah, remember like when Chicote used to have scenes like like that, and that, that and, which I think is probably I would say like if I had my biggest complaint about the the post seven Voyager is that like he in particular who I think is like one of the better performers on the show he gets nothing to do like post seven like he like like yeah there are some some of the people who still end up getting stories and i feel like he never gets any stories which which like ultimately but again it's it's that weird dichotomy that kind of like good news bad news thing of of voyager where it's like i don't actually want to have more stories about chakotay because most chakotay stories are about how he is very spiritual and like i don't yeah i don't like that stuff yeah i was about to say like, like i like him as an actor i don't know that i like most of the episodes that are like this one's a Chakotay story. <laughs> right, but I just think he, he used to do good jobs like in this stuff like this where like he gets to be like a supporting character who's like nice or like who like is like not taking any any crap with like the Maquis part people or stuff. Yeah, and or like you like, explore like again, like his kind of friendship with Janeway, how it's turned into this like kind of level of mutual respect that's so deep, kind of at the best yeah. Yeah. And, and like then, maybe and, is something more personal, but I don't think either of them would actually like while they're in this situation, neither of them would do anything from that. Yeah. Yeah, whereas then, like, once Seven's on the show, like, most of what his role is is just kind of, like, being, like, you heard the captain do this, you know? Like, yep. He doesn't really get, like, scenes anymore. So, I don't know, it's, like, it's just, like, a weird... It's just, like, the, that's just the thing about Voyager is that it's... I, you know, I think we... I, we were very pro-Voyager when the show started, and I think that's lessened a little bit, but I, I would still say, like, we still both like Voyager and are fond of it in its own ways. But like, it is, it is like, I think it is like a series of, there's a lot of missed opportunities there where like, it could have been something like really special. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing with Voyager is that like, I feel like I like it more for its potential and like very much get frustrated at the amount of opportunities it misses. And like, because when it does sort of hit on it, it does, do it really well Mm -hmm. like it has some really good episodes kind of throughout where it definitely like understands the assignment and like realizes kind of the resources it has to work with yeah but yeah so much of it is like you see all of the potential there and kind of what the opportunity was and then it just kind of fails to deliver yep yep but anyway i don't have anything else to talk about this episode do you well, I, I, mostly about, like, whether or not, like, is it kind of weirdly self-indulgent to hallucinate, like, the nice things people say about you at your own funeral in such detail? Well, that, that In that way, that's, like, that's, like, the most, like, the Vanishing Point episode where, like, at first, like, when she's, when she's still, like, when people can still see her, like, they're kind of being mean to her, but then after she's... After she, like, goes missing, then everyone's like, oh. Like, I wish we'd been nicer to Sohoshi. We should have believed her. Like, she was she was so important the whole time, you know? Like, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, but it's not self-indulgent because it's the aliens doing it. I guess, it. yeah, aliens, this one it's the not The aliens, really, like, oh, really look, her. like, this will work better if, if everyone is, like, nice Talking to her. Talking about how much she know. changed their life. Yeah. I also just just made a note that there's a point where when Harry Kim's talking at the funeral, he's telling, like, the story about how... Like, they went down to some random planet, and there was, like, fruit, and they ate, like, a ton of it. And I was just like, that seems like a bad idea. 
like, it seems like something they would do in the original series. Yeah, that sounds like this, <laughs> that seems like the sort of thing that should be like day one of Starfleet is just like don't eat fruit on alien planets, otherwise someone's gonna like walk up and be like his name was Adam. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I guess there the the other thing I do have a weird little pet peeve whenever humans call other species aliens. Uh-huh. Um, especially when T- you like Tuvok's like I'm right here. Yeah. Because, like, when she's talking to, like, when she figures out that, like, her dad is not a ghost, but in fact, like, some malicious being, she's like, I figured it out. You're an alien, aren't you? And I feel like he'd be like, I mean, like, I I, I don't think of myself as being, like, technically not. Like, you're in my space. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It is one of those things that always kind of jars me a little bit. And again, I think the best the best thing done with that was actually from Enterprise, like one of the first episodes of Enterprise we watch, mm-hmm. where I think they're like like uh, Mayweather's like broken his arm or something, and he asks to Paul like, "Man, have you ever been to like an alien hospital? Isn't that like imagine how scary that would be?" And she's like, "She's like, yes, in San Francisco." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which yeah, is that's like one of the most endearing things to Paul's ever done. I feel like, mm-hmm. but yeah, my my only other thing was whether or not the uh, the torpedo pod that they like have the space funeral for her in counts as one of their like thirty eight proton torpedoes oh. that they're supposed to have. Which we I, I I can't wait till we do that. Like I really want to get into that whenever we do that episode. Um, they can probably replicate the pods. That's what I think, yeah, is it's probably not, it's not the, the pod, uh, it's the actual, like, torpedo part. The yeah. warhead, yeah. Because there definitely is a, like, someone on YouTube has made, like, a super cut of exactly how many proton torpedoes they end up using over the course of the show. Yeah, that's funny. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we come out every other week, um, so in a couple weeks you can come back to, well, I think, actually... We're talking about this around this time, either a little before or after this, we're going to have a special on um, the third season of Star Trek Lower Decks, so look for, look out for that. But yeah. then, then in two weeks, we'll be, we're going to be back with, uh, is it Daedalus or Daedalus? I'm not sure how to say that word. But that is uh, Star Trek Enterprise uh, Season 4, Episode 10. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Out of Contracts. You can uh, email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com, or you can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's That's Now Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there's Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those folks out, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>